0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org.
1: Theme to the message that was, that was given, and it was, it was a directive, it was be reconciled to Christ. And... The, the message talked about how do, we, how do we go about doing that? Why do we need to be reconciled to Christ? And this morning, we're gonna hear from three different people who've done just that, who have made the decision to be reconciled to Christ, who have chosen to put their, their trust in the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. This morning, is, as we were you know, actually, not this morning. you know months ago, as I was looking at the calendar and, and looking at the fact that Easter Sunday fell on our, our, our now two- times scheduled uh, seven-minute Sunday routine, I was like, well, well, do we change it? Does it make sense to maybe bump that forward or, or move it back? But you know as I was considering what it is that we're coming here to talk about, what better way to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done? on the cross. What better way to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done in resurrecting from the grave than to talk about that blood, that sacrifice, as it applies to three real-life human people? You guys have heard the story of, of Jesus' resurrection from the Bible. I can only reinvent that so many times. I can only say so many cool things about that so many times, but the fact of the matter is, it is going to be impactful to hear from people whose life's stories are, are reflective of the, the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, amen. So this morning, I'm gonna ask uh, Diana Godino to come up first, please. You can clap if you want, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> here, you here you go. It's turned on and ready. Uh, turned on and ready? No, I turned it on. Oh, you turned it on. Yeah, okay. it's, it's going. I'm, okay. I'm ready. It's, <laughs> it's alive, they say.
2: Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I wanted to kind of thank so, Matt for the chance to share my testimony um, here. I, running, I was probably... Uh, When he first mentioned it, I was probably hoping for Labor Day when there was all of about five of us in church (laughs) that Sunday, but um, uh, I guess the Lord chose this was my day to share and I I thank him and uh, the opportunity. Um, As I share, I wanted to first go to, we all have many stories in our lives and one of the stories that I have is that um, I have had the opportunity to go with my husband, Gene, on missions trips to Mexico. And we've connected with the church down there uh, in the Gran Ciudad of Porvenir, which is maybe about 1,000 people. And most of the workers are either at um, orchards or greenhouses. It's a very small, humble community. But um, God put a man. Marcos Schultz, a hippie from Boston, Massachusetts, to seed and grow a church in Porvenir. And he always encourages his church members to go forth and make disciples of all nations. And he spoke one Sunday that we were down there about how God uses donkeys. Okay, that should. Kind of go, kind of get a few heads scratching. And what he wanted to share was that God God didn't use the, the humble, or he didn't use the proud. He didn't use the presidents. He didn't use the kings. He used the humble to share his gospel message with this world. And he encouraged his uh, congregation. And they have gone literally all over the world as missionaries and have served... Uh, in amazing, amazing ways, and and God put that in my heart that this donkey could be used as well. Okay, so that's where the donkey comes in. Um, I was r- born and raised in Colorado on a dairy farm, and so not exactly uh, uh, of palaces, to put it mildly. Um, and I went to Colorado State University, and uh, In my youth, I knew the stories of Christ and of the Bible, and um, but I have to say that although I was raised in uh, a a Christian home, I had questions. And the question that God put on my heart at that time was, why? Why such um, a sacrifice? of what Christ did on the cross for us, why that had to be done. It troubled my tender soul greatly. I didn't warm up to the idea of um, the the blood shed, and um, it, it just always was kind of, yeah, I believe in Christ, but why? And so God put into my life uh, a young lady from Rochester, New York, who wanted to come to Colorado State um, for two th- reasons. She wanted, uh, of course, her, her degree, her, her BS in, in animal science, but she also was looking for an MRS degree, uh, as we joke about it. She wanted to find a rancher and marry him and live happily ever after on a, <laughs> on a ranch in Colorado. She sadly married her sweetheart, her childhood sweetheart, and raised four children in New York, but that's another story too. But she, he used Kit to share the gospel with me, and Kit, when she shared her faith with me, this was during the Jesus Freak movement of the 70s, she explained to me that God is holy, a holy God never sinned, all perfect, all powerful, amazing God that we have. And that sin of us in our nature had to be rectified. The sin had to be covered. And the only way God could do that is through the death of his perfect son on the cross. And so Kit was the one that God used to explain to my heart and soul that uh, there had to be that sacrifice made. So, this is a little more humor. In the back end of a Shakey's Pizza Parlor in Fort Collins, Colorado, on a pretty miserable March night, I asked the Lord into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And uh, it was a Pentecostal, group, uh, the Jesus Freak people, in their time never did anything small, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it that way. And so here I, I prayed the prayer, and I asked the Lord into my heart, and the group uh, said, uh, if anyone has prayed this prayer, step forward. This was when altar calls were really something you did, you, you boldly walked forward. Uh, To uh, profess that you had proclaimed Christ as Lord and Savior well the whole group Came around me and laid their hands on me and what they called prayed the Holy Spirit in into my presence (coughs) and into my life and I jokingly said that That moment that time you couldn't have knocked the smile off my face with the two before I was just the joy was totally there I, I got it 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 was real. I knew that the Lord was living in my heart. And so I'm going to kind of fast forward my life a little bit, but of course I continued with the the group while I was at college. Then I returned home uh, to work on the dairy farm with my family and uh, uh, kind of learned to serve God in small ways, be it VBSs or potlucks and things such as that, in the church that I attended. Um, God uses people and events in our lives to direct us in the path he has for us. He used the Farm Journal Magazine to (laughs) uh, introduce um, a young man from from California into my life. And that was Gene Godino. This was before there was uh, uh, internet Christian mingles or anything (laughs) like that going on. This was pre-internet. Al Gore hadn't found it yet, but uh, anyhow. I wrote a brief description of myself, and Gene's mother wrote the description of himself uh, to this magazine, and, and I wrote Gene, and I guess half a dozen other women did, I was the only one that after Gene explained he wasn't quite as perfect as his mother had (laughs) professed him to be, I was the only one that wrote back and so I guess I won by default that uh, um, uh, Gene and I were, two years after that we were married and started our lives together. Um,
1: Gene, we can get you up here next month so you can tell your side of the story (laughs) if you need to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay so
2: so with that, um, we started our we were married and we started our lives running a dairy farm in Colorado. Um, I was not the youngest bride on the planet, um, but when we decided to start our family, God put a little stumbling block in our way. Um, I had had two miscarriages before um I guess our miracle happened. Um, I chose in January, uh, before Addie was born, to pray for myself. I'm one that I usually pray for people, um, and I I have my infamous lists that everyone I pray for, but for a month I chose to pray for me because I so wanted to have a child. God answered the prayer, And uh, I became pregnant and through the church we were attending at that time, which was uh, the Kavanaugh's were the pastoring of that church, I got to know Dr. Bartley and Dr. Schoolcraft and between the power of God and those talented men, um, we had Addie in October. And so she was definitely an answer to prayer, how God used uh, people and events to bring a miracle into our lives. Okay, so that was one of the miracles that God has put into my life. We moved here (coughs) to, um, (coughs) excuse me, California. And uh, we plugged into Hydesville Church and Jean. Had a, has a great passion for min- missionary work. Um, throughout his life, he led um, many trips to Mexico and different places, allowing families the opportunity to experience the mission field. And I was privileged to be a part of that, um, part of what makes Gene the special guy he is. And um, we're hoping that as our life continues that we can possibly do more work um, in the missionary field. Um, God has given me other challenges in my life. Um, I am a 20 year uh, cancer survivor and at that time God used Laura Butler. um, God used Dr. Mahoney in an amazing way, and God used Betty Murish. And since I know some of you have Betty Murish as a dear and near person in your heart, I wanted to share what Betty did in my life and how God used her. Um, I was, Addie was five years old, and my husband had, uh, through the Dear lovingness of my husband. um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, (sighs) He used Laura Butler to introduce um, a a walking partner and prayer partner to direct me to Dr. Mahoney and Dr. Mahoney to do incredible things medically for me and Betty Murray was the one who God used to tell me that God was big. God was very big. And if I wanted to be a little bit mad and angry that here I was with a child who was five years old, facing cancer, and of course, uh, the I guess, potential death, and thinking how terribly unfair that all was, Betty told me it was okay to be mad at God. He was a big God. He could handle my my anger and my worry. And so that's how God used Betty in my life. She, she, she gave me the words I needed to hear at that time as I faced my battle with cancer. And so praise God for Betty. Raised good family and she was there for her sister in Christ. Um, I guess fast forwarding to my life now, um, I'm transitioning from being a full-time gardening person to, uh, I guess, semi-retirement. Gene and I hope to do more mission work and uh, to continue our walk in the Lord. And uh, so um, I thank him for all he's given me, and uh, I praise God that he can use this humble donkey. Thank (laughs) you for letting me share.
1: Thank you. You guys ever feel like donkeys? Sometimes. (laughs) Mark, come on up. Yeah. (laughs) There you go, sir.
0: Uh, My least favorite thing in the world. (laughs) Like everybody else. (laughs) Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm gonna start with I've attended church pretty much my whole life. My father was a preacher's kid, and I was basically sent with uh, every family that lived around us to different churches, different denominations. He never went to church, but he made sure us kids were always in a church. So I could pretty much tell all of the story of Jesus' life, his crucifixion, resurrection, and, you know, discuss it with anybody, but there's a distinction between knowing in your brain and knowing in, in your heart. Yeah. Um, that came a bit later in my teens when I actually opened up my heart and listened to what he did in my life, which was you know, forgiveness of sin, his reason for going to the cross and being raised from the dead. So thankful very much for all of that. Um, I'll have a tough time, don't worry. <laughs> I have notes that'll help, help try and keep me somewhat on track. Um,
1: I gotta give Mark a hard time. He We were, uh, we were practicing because <laughs> I don't throw people into the deep end. We we, we do put a little bit of time right. and energy into this, <laughs> and uh, he he finished. His, how did we do? And I said, Well, you got two minutes left. <laughs> you have to keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you'll get it.
0: <laughs> one time, one time only. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'll admit to uh, things you know, throughout my life, 66 now, there's been times when I was much closer to God than other times in my life. Um, You know, you can look back actually over those years and see his hand in everything that was going on around me, even through times when I wasn't paying the best attention to him and talking with him like I should have been. Um, You know, God's I was talking to Julie earlier this morning about you know some of the things that not only what I'm going to share with you today, but there's a continuing pattern of things that have happened in our life that I can see looking back on them, that his hand was there, taking action, and, you know, I didn't see it, of course, at the time. Um, I didn't see the pieces coming together. And one of those was I was uh, working at a power plant in Blue Lake at the time, um, doing great there. But all of a sudden, uh, the ownership changed. Uh, two companies that were owned the place uh, went into bankruptcy and they sold to a lawyer who took all the money and started uh, laying people off, changing jobs, changing everything that was there. I was one of the people who, uh, I ended up with a 14 page job description (laughs) because I did everything. Uh, 12 hour shifts were pretty normal, moving from days to nights, back and forth as anybody had vacation or whatever else was going on. And throughout that process, uh, about a year happened and uh, frustration, a lot of stress in everything that was going on. Uh, Through that year, I'd gone ahead and been asking Julie about, can we move, uh, I get a different job somewhere else? And she persisted with, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She was very well established here in Humboldt County. Uh, Her family lives here father, mother, brother, sisters. So she had deep roots in this area. Plus, she'd opened a uh, very successful business here in Fortuna. So she had a lot of things that she wanted to stay for, very close family, very close with her family. So it was uh, somewhat of a difficult thing for her to finally say, when I asked her one day, uh, where would you accept moving to? Cause I'd already offered Florida cause there was a plant back there. I'd offered Texas. There was a plant there that I'd been talking to. And, uh, she said no to both of those hurricanes were not in the <laughs> future for her. Uh, but uh, one day I asked her again after about a year and she said, Hawaii. Uh, at the time, I was, you know. Taking okay, one for the
1: team. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the pretty much standard answer if you have a choice, right? Um, so within a week, uh, at the time, I was uh, changing our roof trusses from a flat roof to a trussed roof. So I was up on top with doing all the construction and i got a phone call she hands me the phone and it's the old boss from the company that was there before and he says how would you like a uh, job in hawaii busted (laughs) (laughs) and along with that about two weeks earlier uh, julie had been talking with one of her colleagues at school and they said, "Well, I'd love to buy your business if you ever want to." Um, so there was a lot of pieces that all of a sudden came into play. She's <laughs> nodding her head. Uh, God does, you know, work in your life every day. Sets things up. There's no accidents. It's you know not your plan. It's not your timing. It wasn't ours but uh, the circumstances kind of came together to make that happen. Uh, We were offered a flight to Hawaii to check it out, so we did. Uh, While we were there, you know, your image of the resorts and all that sand? No. (laughs) (laughs) This is the big island, which is very rural. It's the poorest island out there. The area we've been in, I was amazed, you know, we're driving around and we see uh, the swimming pools in everybody's backyard, not swimming pools. All the water is catchment. So rain comes down, goes into the pool. That's what you use for showers, washing your laundry. Uh, Water is you go to a spigot, community spigot, uh, you know, five miles down the road where there's fresh water. You fill up the uh, container and bring it back home for drinking. <laughs> you know, for us mainlanders with all the nice modern conveniences, uh, laundry was done and it was hung out to dry on the lines. You didn't have dryers, so you know a lot of things aren't quite the uh, image that everybody has for the Hawaii adventure. And along with that, we had a young daughter and. Uh, It wasn't something that, you know, we were told that it's not a great place for kids. Um, We started off with a private school and then found out, okay, this is all right, not a problem, started her in the public, but. um, Let's see, where am
1: I? You got about two minutes. 20 minutes minutes left. Everybody always thinks seven minutes is gonna be forever. It's not.
0: (laughs) I will say it is forever. (laughs) Uh, We did end up moving. Uh, Julie had the fun of hiring a contractor to finish the roof that I'd started packing up, um, selling the business. And three months later, she joined me in Hawaii. And to her credit, She's had to do that a few times now where I end up with the next step in our life and I'm gone in two weeks and she gets to clean up all the mess and move it. So thank you very much, dear. Uh, pretty much the part that really matters and what I'm telling you here is, you know, we got there and Julie, got with another lady and went out searching for a church for us to attend. And they ended up at this little church. It was a startup church, um, very small with a brand new pastor. They went and listened, and they fell in love with him. Um, Change was that that was a guest speaker. (laughs) 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 But we started attending their church anyway um, fantastic man of God uh, true heart for God true heart for Aloha and the people and you know we we got to come together as a couple um, grow in Christ grow in the church and you know changing our life getting to be a lot closer with God um, the one thing is, and you never get to see your path, looking forward, really. When you look back, I get to see all the things. And this was just one of a multitude of different things that have kind of come to pass where, oh, okay, this is, something's going on, and, you know, we went in front of the church and asked for prayer, and, and okay. The next step happened, and you know it's—it's it's amazing what God does in your life that you don't expect. And you
1: God works in the unexpected. Amen. Boy does he? <laughs> awesome job, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> I know this next one. Come on, Dad. <laughs> Do you need, like, two Kleenex boxes? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you need two Kleenex boxes? Are you okay? <laughs> my, my, for those of you that don't know, my sister cries at, like, tea, la- laundry commercials, like. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> this out
3: how to going. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, my name's Steve. You all know me. A lot of you know me as the Grandpa of... Bella and Oliver and Eve. I do have my own identity. (laughs) I was born in 1959 and I'm chosen of God and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that story. It's a great one. (laughs) My childhood in the 60s and 70s. Oh man, it was a fun time. I don't know you know, a lot of you grew up in the 60s and 70s here in Humboldt County. We have the Van Dusen River. We have the Ill River. We have campgrounds, redwood trees, beaches. And I was privileged to have a mom that was a Christian. She knew Jesus. Um, I had two brothers, Mike and Kurt. And I had a sister, Donna. And my mom and dad. My dad worked hard and provided for us all. And along with those good times that my mom provided for us, there was a lot of activities like uh, vacation Bible schools. And we started in Rio Del and went to the um, Rio Del Baptist Church. And Also, we went to family camps. Not family camps, but church camps for kids. (laughs) Family camps came later. Um, Mike and I, my cousin Forrest, would go catch a train down at Halton. Our parents would put it on there. And we'd end up at uh, Camp Bowaney Butte in Fort Stewart. Stewart. And we'd spend a week there, and it'd be great. And we'd go. you know, play with all the kids and learn about Jesus and hike up the butte and swim in the river and have a great time and then come home and we did that for a couple of times a few years and uh, by the time I was like in the first grade we moved to Carlotta so We moved to Carlotta. Mike and I ended up sharing a room together,
1: and haven't separated since. We shared a lot (laughs) of things together.
3: Yeah, Uh, I remember one day he cracked open the Bible and started uh, showing me, you know, things in the Bible. And I mean, he was a couple years older than me, and that's the first time I remember really Mike and I sharing the Bible together. And we were at a young age. So started attending uh, Hydesville Church at a very young age. And went to some vacation Bible schools there. And I remember my Sunday school teachers there at Hydesville Church at an early age. um, Mrs. Davis, Mrs. Cooper, Mrs. Thompson, and Jack McHenry later on in life. And, you know, I just, I had a great foundation that was built for me as a kid to know who Jesus was. And, you know, like Mark was saying, I knew all about Jesus. But later on, when I got older and became more, in, more independent. And in high school, I just wasn't even thinking about Jesus. I was like thinking about myself. You know, what did I want to do? And Never went to church, never even thought about God. And I started getting into some bad habits. Um, moved out when I was 18. I lived with my cousin, Forrest. And I just started to conform to the world. You know, I just kind of, like I say, I blew off God. And that lasted for probably about a year or so after Forrest and I moved into our house in Fortuna and all of a sudden it just I just had this terrible feeling and a feeling of shame and guilt and I didn't know how I was gonna pay the debt and I I realized myself as a sinner and my mom was praying for me. My grandparents were praying for me. And I realized that the only way out was to confess my sin to Jesus. And he would be faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. So I mean, that's what Easter is all about, right? It's like God, the creator, sent his only begotten son for us. And he sent that son to die on the cross in a cruel way, even though he was born a virgin birth. And he lived the perfect life. But he was willing to give that life up for me, not only did he die on the cross but he rose again the third day after being laid in that tomb the stone was rolled away not so that he could get out but so we could see what he did for us he conquered death and sin for us and I had that that foundation that was built on the rock I had that foundation that brought me back to Jesus and I remember in Scripture after Mary and the women went to the tomb and it was empty and they ran back and told the disciples (laughs) this is one of my favorite parts in Scripture the guys later on during that day they were in the room with the doors closed because they're afraid of the Jews and what they, you know, they killed Jesus on the cross. what What will they do with us? So Jesus appeared to them and said, I give you peace. I give you peace. And they were amazed at Jesus being there with them. And he talked to him for a while, but Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas, when he came back, they said, Thomas, we just saw Jesus, and he was alive. And Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe unless I see him with the nail holes in his hands and the hole in his side. And eight days later, Jesus appeared to them again Closed doors, he just appeared. And we walked through the wall or whatever. And he showed himself to Thomas. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. You know, and that's kind of the way that I felt when he took my sin. I thought, my Lord and my God, you can do it. And he told Thomas, he said, you know, you believe but more blessed are those who don't see me and they believe, and that's all of us. So anyways, I turned my heart back to God, and Forrest and I, my cousin, we had a fire pit in the backyard. We threw things in that fire pit that nobody wants to ever know about, you know, and I want to forget about and. I I never had any more desire. I, I just wanted to be with Jesus. And so I started going to the Assembly of God Church, had some friends that were Christians who came to the house. And we had Bible studies at my house. And this lasted for a while. And then uh, Mike and I went into business together. And we moved up to Hydesville. Um, you know, and that's a whole story for a men's Christian Bible group. <laughs> you know, just the way that all worked out. And we're still in business together to this day after 40 years. My daughter shares in it too. So after moving to Hydesville, with went to the Hydesville church for a while. Um, But, you know, I never, you know, the transition between the kids' life as a Christian and the adult life of a Christian, it's it's a lot different because I don't, I didn't have the selfish desires of self anymore. I wanted that relationship with Jesus. And my cousin Forrest came over to my place in Hydesville one day after Mike and I had been in business for a while. And um, he said, You know, I just started going to a church, uh, Wood Street Chapel. I said, He said, "Um, you should come visit. So before I came here, Forrest and I met at his place with Pastor Phil. I mean, some of you might know who Pastor Phil is. Anyways, uh, we prayed. We talked about um, you know, what, it, what it's like to be a Christian. And we talked about the Holy Spirit. And this was new to me. It's like the, bapti- the baptism of the Holy Spirit and recognizing what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. And so the first time coming to this church, when I entered the door right there, um, I just felt the love of Jesus here. And there was like, it was very uh, overwhelming to me. And I could just feel the Holy Spirit uh, just over all of us. And the people here were wonderful, and I just knew this is going to be my home. This is home base. And so after being here, going to church, I went to a Bible study, and it was at John and Vicky Poust's house, over there somewhere in Fortuna here. And that's where I met Becky. And as soon as I walked through the door, she had this smile. And I swear, she winked at me. (laughs) She did. This beautiful woman. And I could tell she loved Jesus just by looking at her. And just by the fact that she was at the Bible study, And uh, so after that we became friends, we did things together, and I found out um, right after that that not only was she like in love with Jesus and had this great smile, but she came along with this little three-year-old girl named Shiloh who was... Just an added blessing to my life, and just (coughs) awesome. So like I say, we did a lot of things together. Went swimming. We went to the beach. We went camping. We we did all of the functions at the church together. And it was like I went to this uh, family camp this time. It was Willow Creek. Camp Kim 2. And I was single and stayed in the single cabins with all the single guys. <laughs> I think there was uh, Chris Coyle, Brian Bro, just a bunch of guys. And uh, we were at a worship and praise meeting and we were singing I Exalt Thee. It was just everyone lifting their hands and praying, and all of a sudden, I just started praying in the, the spirit, praising in the spirit with my prayer language, and I had always been praying for it, and I finally got it, it's awesome, and so, anyways, Becky and I became great friends, like I said, and we did things together, and then, I fell in love and I wanted to marry her. So I got a ring. That's what you do, right? Got a ring, invited her out to dinner, Ducky, will you marry me? She took the ring, thought about it, no, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Not ready yet.
2: Hmm,
3: I am, why aren't you? (laughs) Well, she, you know, she didn't do anything without fasting and praying. So she's like, okay, I need to fast and pray about this. After I pursued her quite a bit. I mean, we're talking, you know, I think we were together for a couple of years. But uh, she got the okay from God. And so we got married. August 11th, 1983, and I moved into her little house at Ferndale. It wasn't really that little, it was a great house, 200 bucks a month rent, I think. (laughs) (coughs) So we started a church life, and back then there was church on Sunday morning, church on Sunday night church on Wednesday night, Bible study on Monday night. I never wanted to miss any of them. Um, the door was open. I wanted to praise Jesus with all I had. And I still want to praise Jesus with everything I got. Um, you know, a couple of years later, We had Matthew, so Matthew, you've heard him say before, he was born into the church, (laughs) so he was involved with all of those meetings, and coming here, hearing, participating, being, you know, it was great, and so we've done a lot of things together. Uh, we've gone to Promise Keepers. I think Matthew and I started going to men's retreats together when he was 12. And just did a lot of stuff. But um, I've probably heard over 2,500 sermons in my life. I've probably been to dozens of men's retreats, Sunday school classes, just read a lot of books, read my Bible a couple times through, if not more. And I'm here to say that that's not enough. You know, you can hear things all you want, but if if you're not like James says, to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, you know? That's what we need to do. We need to take what we got and walk the walk. And I just hope, (laughs) that's kind of a coincidence, isn't it? (laughs) I think I can end right there. I
1: think you can. (laughs) So what we, what we see, we're gonna wrap up and get out and do egg hunts and all those other things, but what we see it, in every life that, that we had the privilege of, of hearing from this morning is that there were surprises in, in every circumstance. I don't think any of the three people that we heard from this morning had, had a situation where, where their life turned out exactly the way they expected it to, where, where everything happened the way it was, it was supposed to according to their plan. But the fact of the matter is God was there the whole time. There, there was never an instance where, where they were on their own. There was never an instance where they just had to do it by themselves. There, every step of the way, Jesus Christ was with them. And as we we close this morning, as we we move into the the next steps of our celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, I just want us to to stop. In just a moment, we're gonna pray. And this is an excellent time for us to to remember that in the midst of whatever circumstance you find yourselves this morning, whether it's, it's a need of healing, whether it's a need for provision, whatever the case may be, you... Are not alone. God has the best in mind for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. To, to come and, and be with family. To be able to, to come and hear how you have moved mightily in the lives of your people. How you have, have shaped and molded and had direct input, personal input, Input in the lives of of your children. Jesus, we thank you for the blood. The blood that was was poured out for us. A sacrifice to make a way so that we could be saved. Lord, we ask that, that you would make that sacrifice real not just this day, but every day going forward, God, that we would, would recognize the price that has been paid. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop.